sometimes that is better. everyone welcome to give me back my horror movies the podcast i am nate and i almost forgot to even do the introduction because i was reading on my phone classic podcast move but with me as always is charlie say hello charlie and save me i will save you nate but it is very true he does like drift off and look at his phone and misses cues and as far as editing goes, you would never know until he referenced it and doesn't allow it's me to edit it It's super early in the morning. I <laughs> yeah. was <out> late. <laughs> this is another one of our early morning recordings, but, you know, it's fine. We're getting through it. We are. We are. We're big boys. We can handle this. And what better way to start out a morning than with an entire family getting slaughtered? Jesus Christ, dude. Um... you know what we didn't watch this in the morning because that would have been rough but we got to talk about it in the morning which is like yeah i just woke up got out of bed and now Uh, i get to talk about depravity is that the word i'm looking for yeah that works you actually you nailed it that's that's a good one yeah so uh nate we did our list for november because we are technically taking November off. Yes. Um, so we decided to, instead of not having anything out, I'm like, well, let's just double up recordings and we'll can a few and let's make a list of them. You know, it, it, just whatever we want. No and theme, no nothing. Charge right out the gate. I was this, like, Hills Have Eyes. This Remake. Guy. This guy, yeah, I was like, okay, original, I, I kind of expected that, but Nate's like, no, remake, and I'm like, wow, bro. Well, um, it, it ties into with kind of a little bit what we talked about in the RoboCop episode of me taking a month off to kind of give my mental health, like, a little bit of breathing room. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I've been, like, same thing with RoboCop, I wanted severe action, and... Hmm. Now, on the horror end, I wanted something that I remembered that was just twisted, gross, and not fun. Um, And a lot of that just has to deal with, all right, if we're going to take this month off, I want to be able to navigate this and try to watch some extreme stuff at the same time, I guess. I don't know. In my head, it works. Um, It it makes sense. I I think it was just the first when I when you first brought it up. This movie is very polarizing to me. Uh, um, this was the movie, because it came out when I was in high school, like mm. junior or senior year, uh, senior year, because 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to see this in theaters despite wanting to, but this was the movie that um, all the non-horror kids were going to see. Right. Because they all kept talking about how gross it was, that... One of them, I remember specifically, like, his girlfriend made them walk out of the theater. So being the horror guy who just couldn't get a ride because I didn't have a license to the yeah. theater to see it, all this did was amp up my expectations more of, like, well, what's going on? Like, 
because I, I just remember like each weekend more kids were coming back talking about yeah. how messed up this movie was. And there's just me who I couldn't find anyone to like take me to go see it. Yeah. Um. So when normally we watch these these movies, I watch it like the night before with Jackie. So I'm I'm fresh for it. And when I told her we were doing some early recording, so I was going to be watching these in weird orders. She's like, well, what one are you getting ready to watch this week? And I said, the hills have eyes. And she's she just stares at me and she goes the the newer one i was like yeah the one in 2006 she goes i refuse to watch that now she's seen she's seen it she saw it when it came out when i did um and yeah 2006 that's also when anthony was born um yeah very rough then your first one being born your first child yeah and and the themes of this movie that have seen this movie i and i'll go go ahead and say i I watched this when it came out i actually bought it when it came out um i watched it twice i watched it one time didn't touch it again for like i don't know three or four years and went "Ah, i'm gonna watch this one more time and i watched it and i threw the dvd away i after i did that i was like you know what I don't ever see me watching this movie for enjoyment purposes ever yeah. again. And it's funny because we kind of mirror one another. I mm. saw it when it finally came out on DVD, me and a buddy in high school rented it, watched it. I remember being extremely frustrated with the movie until the final act, the redemption yes. arc. Um, but I only saw it that time. Uh, maybe like five years ago at buybacks, I saw it for four bucks. I was like, man, I haven't seen that in forever. And I picked it up because I still had the, I have the original. Um, I was like, I, you know, if I have the original, I should have the remake as well on my, on my shelf. And I didn't touch it. I was like, I don't really, I like, I, it's one of those movies, like certain scenes just are ingrained in your head. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to touch it. But with dealing with the whole mental health struggles, like I kind of want to go back to it and see. Then it could be worse, I guess. <laughs> I, I, that, like, well, at least I'm not going through this, so I'm doing all right. Well, it's that, but it's also as time goes by, our perspective of these movies change, especially in, you know, like almost like 10 year well, gaps. This was extreme jumps. for 2006, but then you think about what's all came out between 2006 and 2022 and how right. much we have tried to up the ante. I have seen far worse films now, you know? I have. This one still this really one, grates at me a little bit. But a, a, a lot you, of that has to deal with, I think, the uh, the location setting. It, it's the location setting and the subject matter. But tell you what, um, I've got a trailer. Now, all the trailers I found for this were almost three minutes long. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I'm not doing that. Nah, we're not going to make people suffer through that. We just do so a TV I found, spot. I, I found the TV spot. So let me play the TV spot, and then we will do the back of the DVD, and then we'll continue our conversation on that. In 1953, one family survived a nuclear explosion. The government abandoned them. The testing changed them. What didn't kill them 
rated R. So there's trailer. It it gets the point across. It's I mean, good lord, that was probably all they could play on television for a trailer for this movie. Um it, we're gonna read the back of the D V player, but I wanna get back into the effect this movie had on me originally versus now, I guess we can say. Oh yeah, so, now that it's been years later. Exactly. So Nate, you actually have it in your hand because you have yours. Mine's in the trash many, many years ago. So it's in a maybe some nice trash man found it for our trash reviews. So we'll see how that ties up. So are you ready? I'm ready. The shock a minute chiller that scared the hill out of an audience around the world takes terror to the next level in this unrated special edition, including additional footage not shown in theaters and DVD special features to die for. I shouldn't have even read that part. A cross-country road trip takes a deadly turn in this spine-tingling remake of Wes Craven's classic horror masterpiece about a stranded family that falls prey to a freakish clan of bloodthirsty mutants in the New Mexico desert. Packed with gut-wrenching gore, ghastly makeup effects, and heart-stopping suspense. The Hills Have Eyes will keep you on the edge of your seat and your sanity. Gut-wrenching. That's a phrase that gets tossed around a lot in the horror genre. Kind of gets watered down because it It gets so much. And, and it's like, well, is anything gut-wrenching if everything is gut-wrenching, you know? To be honest, we've had this conversation before where I feel like we're just completely desensitized. Like, I, there's no movie that scares me. I hate clowns, but it's not like I'm terrified and they're hiding in my closet. I will just punch one if I see it on the street. But movies don't scare me i you know you can get a good jump scare out of me you can startle me but that's different um gut-wrenching though is probably the best description for this movie and truly one of the few that i will purposely watch there are a handful of movies out there that i have zero interest in watching and I will never watch. I will never watch a Serbian film. I will never watch. No, I have no desire um, to ever check that one out. Uh, I, Salo, the, 120 Days of Sodom. Ah, yeah, I don't need so to watch that. The, you know? Those, those people movies, be like, oh, he's a real horror guy. It's like, nah, I just, I don't care. Uh, no. Buddy and I were talking about uh, the new Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix. Yeah, Jackie, that's been Jack, making us round. It. Yeah, and he's like, have you watched it yet? And I was like, honestly, dude, no. Like the older I've gotten. Like real life human on human violence doesn't like those are actual victims. I just don't want to mess around with it. Like it's just uh, not for me. It didn't bother me so much as as far as that goes, but I think my issue I had with the Dahmer stuff is it's been done. You know, it, with Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye. Jer- that is actually <laughs> to to me the best the best version if you want to watch a Jeffrey Dahmer serial killer movie. Um, cause that's what I was telling Jackie. I was like, I, I like this kid that's in, in the, the Dahmer one. He, he plays it super creepy, but I was like, I always liked Jer- or, uh, Jeremy Renner in those. I mean, it was like one of his first roles and I think he nailed it. Um, 
but yeah like even like you know jackie watches true crime stuff all the time it doesn't bother me um there'll be a few she'll skip over if it's real like close to home you know or if it involves kids or something um but yeah she she flat out said no to re-watching this movie and i remember when we watched it the first time together she was a new mom you know we loved horror movies so it was like oh absolutely let's watch this and she she was repulsed we rented it we didn't go to the theater you know new kid we can't just run off to the theaters yeah um she was like visibly repulsed by the movie um i was too and i watched it again years later still repulsed and what what was really weird was when nate brought this movie up to me and he's like you know let's do this one and i was like yeah i I didn't tell him all of this because i wanted to save it for the show but i also remember every moment of this movie i had only seen this movie twice and my memory of it was as if i watch it every year that it's funny there's only a couple parts in this that i vaguely didn't remember but Step A to B to C was all yeah. there still, which is very rare, which tells me, obviously, watching this when my mind is still formulating when I'm 17 years old, mm-hmm. um, the movie made an impact. <laughs> that, that's my point. It, you know, well, like, it, I thought in the final act, more mutants get killed. No. Uh, like, that was the only thing. I was like, man, I could have sworn, like, we see this axe just going on and on and on. It mm. doesn't, you know. We, no. But what it does, it gives us some really good quality ones. The 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 fights go on and on. Yeah. Not multiple people. Um I love the end of the movie. This is where I struggle the most. It's probably one of my favorite climax ending to a movie oh, it's, in a long time the movie is still extremely frustrating uh that has not changed and uh, it's interesting to see it see it through a new lens as an adult yeah you know and what i like in horror and what i dislike in horror these days um and i feel like what hinders this movie so much is it's going for shock and not dread uh and dread, I mean, like, the impendingness of doom, where this is just, like, it's in your face, it's raw, it's just, oh, that made you upset? Let's just try to keep making you further upset. See, I, and I get that, but... Uh, you have characters that are just extremely frustrating to deal with as well. Decisions yeah. that are being made, and you're not trying to victim blame, but it's just stuff that you're, like... I guess that's what makes it effective, too, because you want to be there to like no no do this you know what i think it does really well is with the characters they are the most realistic family on a road trip that you can experience on film they're not fake happy they're they're like pissed off at each other there's so many like normal i should say things like the dad doesn't like the son-in-law all that much they're at odds it's they i mean they it's probably the only time we'll say words like this but in the movie it's literally republican versus democrat in the movie you know that's 
the dad yeah, is I mean, super, it definitely is. Oh, I mean, they make the comment, comment that, yeah. like, you know, the one boyfriend is doesn't like guns. So he doesn't like guns. Yeah. And there's already just this uh, tension between the two of them. They have a new, the, the son and the daughter have a newborn that they're taking on a cross-country road trip. So I know how stressful that is when you have a newborn. You have adolescent brother and sister running around at odds with each other the mom who just wants the family to be together and she's trying to make it as pleasant for everyone but you can tell she's visibly stressed because of it all it's real that's the thing (laughs) with this movie is i would never put myself in a situation of like i'm gonna drive across the desert because i'm like hell no i'm gonna fly there was this would have been, oh, God, it was when my buddy Dom got married because it was a four-hour flight to Vegas, and that would have been the longest flight I've ever been on, yeah. and I hate flying, so I was really, like, trying to get out of flying. Yeah, try but to fly. I was like, best buds getting married, got to be there. I was mm. trying to convince my brother to rent a car and drive cross-country to Vegas. It's a 30-hour wow. drive, 31 hours, like something like that. You wanted a 30-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, I would have taken that flight. instead of a four-hour flight. Couldn't convince him, but I was I was trying to do the sales pitch of, like, we could see America in a way we've never seen before. We'll be going through states that we've never known. You know, there's so many shenanigans we could get into. And then as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, hey, I'm pretty glad. I'm glad we flew. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Because we would have had to drive through the desert at some point to get to Vegas. But these guys are not through, like, a normal highway. They're on the off-beaten path of this the is, desert. This is Someone that decided this dad. was a shortcut. Yeah. You did not decide to print off the MapQuest directions. Yeah, MapQuest was a thing. Why they didn't have MapQuest printed yeah, off. The that, I would have loved that. And, everything. Yeah. and it was that, yeah, I think they kind of even talk about that the dad didn't care how long it took if it took it longer he was actually happier um but they literally just got off and got off the highway to do this little side detour so i watched the original a few weeks ago i was like you know what i'm getting ready to watch the remake i haven't watched the original in like 25 years same and like i I seriously wanted to watch the original again before this um yeah, it, it was a matter of timing. It, it seriously took me two days just to finish this movie. Not because I was like, oh, I can't. Like, it was just I have been extremely busy. Nate, Nate's always busy. He's at so many vacations and concerts and everything he's been yeah. doing lately. It's crazy. No wonder he needs a month off. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I watched the original because I was like, how how close were they? Like when I watched the remake. I the, the the old one wasn't fresh in my mind, so they could have changed a thousand things. Now, and I can I, I interject my thoughts because I haven't seen it, and you tell me if I'm correct? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. It sounds fun. If I remember right, this remake follows the original pretty damn closely, but on a more visceral level. A more, uh, we have the, the prosthetics and the technology here compared yes. to what they had. Yes. And on a a shoestring of a budget that Wes Craven had compared to, I think like 15 million that they had for this movie. Yeah. So, but everything else, I was like, I remember the original being just as cutthroat, but it doesn't have 
the super blood splatters, you know? But everything else, tone-wise and uh, sadistic acts, still there. The the sadistic acts are there, but not drawn out like Aja's is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does follow pretty damn close. I think they the ending is a little different because the ending of the new one is a bit more dramatic and faster paced. Um, but the ending kind of reminds me of like the like I guess like the action part you could say. Yeah, of this um, one. Um, does the dad get caught on fire in yep. the original? Does he? I did not remember that. Yep they uh they burn the dad in the original one the the trailer sequence is in the original um i mean the most iconic thing from the original is michael berryman being in that you know everyone yeah. oh yeah definitely knows that guy you know like uh you know hills have eyes people under the stairs um weird science i mean everyone's like who and it's like you know look at this is literally one of those guys google him look at his face and you'll be like oh shit Oh, yeah. like yeah. it's it's stand you've been to a con you've seen him you've seen him you've you've walked through the video store his face is on like a ton of vhs covers yeah um so he's always going to be iconic for that he's kind of that i think that's what lizard is the proxy of in the remake is yeah. of him i don't remember if his name was lizard in that or not so i can't um, well it's funny too because with Wes Craven, he he made a sequel right out the gate as well. Yes, and it's it's forgotten. It's just it's not as oh, good. Oh, it, you it know? pales in it's wild. It pales. There's a there's a sequel and then to this one. They made a sequel to this one, written by Craven and his son. They didn't direct it, but they wrote it. Came out the following year. Pales, pales in comparison to this one. It doesn't hold a candle. Like they they did and that's the, the lack gore. of having Alexandra Aja yeah. there as well. They did the gore and they did the violence. It just doesn't have the impact. It, it um, just it feels like a sci-fi direct to cable movie. It kind of went that well. That's also with the story because now they're against the military. The military yeah. are coming in to clear them out. So it's just this like predator type thing, except they're mutant dog soldiers esque. Yeah, mutant hillbillies that are out uh, attacking people, and. I like the premise of the story, you know, nuclear testing, people didn't want to leave the area, some stayed behind, governments like, screw it, we're still going to drop bombs, um, and all this happened, this is legit stuff, I lived in White Sands, New Mexico as a baby, um, that was one of the places that did the nuclear testing, you know, back in the 50s 60s you know stuff like that not when we live there but it, it really is well true. the way that your family actually moved was you all got into the fridge when the nuke yeah. went off and then we you stumbled and rolled and tumbled until you got to virginia we indiana jones did that's yeah. exactly what we did yeah i figured that movie, that movie doesn't exist um <laughs> my dad was military so you know we lived white sands military base um more reasons why the nuke went off. He had to get into the fridge and then tumble into Virginia. I think it's as, honestly, it's another reason why this movie's so real to me. It, it very it, well could be if this is where your origins start. It's this movie isn't supernatural. This movie isn't uh, 
what we're used to with ser- serial killers and slashers and stuff like that. These are survivalists. So we get we get this thing that this has been going on for a long time. They've got to got the the uh, old Frank guy at the gas station that will set them up with. And how the hell did he even get tied up with these people? My guess is he opened up a gas station and they realized. So in the original, they really talk more about the fact that they would barter with this guy. They would trade some of the things they find to him. And they, they touch on that in this movie too, but not as the original guy. He goes to the bank. He wants an LLC loan. He's like, there's a little spot in the desert where people, you know, still travel, not often, but do, and they're going to need some snacks and gas, and I want to yep. open up a gasoline store, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll have a station there. Yeah. And then he gets it all. He, well, he doesn't build it, that's for sure. He definitely takes one. He's like, I'll, I'll tidy it up a bit, only to then realize that mutants are his neighbors. Sure. I could... <laughs> It's called the road they were on was the original main highway, the the and main thorough. The, the interstate the was built. Interstate comes in and it diverts and all it, the traffic, yeah. and it slows down. But anyway, in the original, they do talk like like Ruby is trading furs with him. Um, he actually hides her from the. Uh, there's like a cop that stops by looking for someone. They dig more into it in the original. This one. This one, they kind of vilify the guy a little bit more. Not that he wasn't a villain in the first one, the original. I mean, this guy seems to be completely haunted by all of his decisions, but oh, he's, he's ready to still get out. absolutely willing to, you know, well, he set was the only, family up. Only willing to after the daughter went inside and he thought sh- she saw all the stolen goods and that he knew her dad was a retired detective because they're talking when they're getting gas um that's why he did it that's why he was tortured by it you know because he was on his way out but he still sent this family basically to their death um which is why he's losing his mind afterwards too and ted levine i want to talk about him for a second the dad oh big bob yeah dude i love ted levine man this this guy is one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood right now. He just has a presence to him. He the, his voice, the way he talks, the way he delivers lines. I was there for him, and I knew what was going to happen to him. And I'm like, I I don't I know he's an asshole to his you know son in law, but he's also a dad. He's a family man. He's just trying to toughen up his kid. He's you know trying to be the the patriarch of the family and what happens to him in this movie is the first really disturbing instance that well, just it goes on for so long dude it is painful to watch from getting taken you know because they i don't know i don't want to go through the entire movie no like get, I, i'd it, even put it like a, I they made get a point sh- where it's like, I, there's parts of this movie we're just not going to talk about. Nope. You nope. know, we're just not going to talk about I'm, it. I'm, gonna gl- I'm literally going to just say something happens and we're going to glaze over it. I am not yeah. staying on that. I, I, I will on the dad thing because that is the first 
impactful thing that oh that's when the shit goes down and we start to we've at this point i think we have built up for probably 35 40 minutes which is a long setup it is to have it finally happen because you know the movie starts out classic slasher we get like five people instantly like scientists getting slaughtered and it's like all right you were in their neighborhood and we got some glorious pickaxe kills yeah and you know that works it gets you jazzed because you're like okay they're not going to hold back in this and if you ever were a fan of the original, you knew whether it was going to take a little bit of setup. You know, they're going to get sent on the wrong road. The tires get blown out. They wreck the car. They, you know, so there's no chance of getting away. And so the dad goes walking back to the gas station. The son-in-law goes walking further down the road to see how close they are to anything. And Which I think it's fair because, I mean, you're the movie does a smart job like, oh, we don't have any reception. Yeah, no. So it's like, yeah, obviously, you're just gonna kind of like walk around and try to figure it out. I like that the son-in-law worked for a cell phone company, so it was just one more thing for the dad to be pissed off at him about. It's like, yeah. you can't even make that work. That's your job. Your job is cell phones, and, and they're we're not still working. not in the smartphone era. We're in no, the, no, no. Can no, you hear me is... now? Era. <laughs> I think we're just before the can you hear me now? Like like a year or two before that whole That's thing. That's what I want is I want the Hills Have Eyes to be remade again, but with the can you hear me now guy. And it's just like him going further and further out. Further into the desert. And then he now? got to that part and was like, oh, no. But he actually, he survives. <laughs> we get the same third act, but with the can you hear me now guy. And it, he comes back. And clothes are all tethered, like, you know, destroyed, covered in blood. And he walks straight to Verizon HQ and quits. And that's why now he's doing the commercials for AT&T or whatever company that he does them for. This this is all a story arc for this man and why he switched cell phone companies. See, I, w- I want to get really cerebral. So right after. So it's the now, can you hear me now guy? But he walks past an accident. That just happens, and Flo's standing there taking all the like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now we have the extended universe of insurance companies and cell phone companies. Just all commercial characters <laughs> in the movie. I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> so anyway, so the dad goes back to it, and he dad's already kind of like on edge. Like the guy sent him down that road. Like he's gonna like he's like i'm just gonna borrow the old guy's car he's gonna let me do it and i'm like oh he's confident go for it yep and it's obviously it's turning night so it works really good at that point and the old dude's losing his mind um they get into a little bit of a gunfight, and the dad realizes there's other people around somewhere gets into the old guy's car and somebody's in the back seat and takes him so, this scene, like I said, I get frustrated a lot with this because I'm like, yeah. I, I have my own personal gripes with a revolver because it takes a while to reload yeah. if you don't have a speed reloader, you know, right. and Which he did. in my head. If you're in a horror situation, you're a little bit more shaky, too, which when coming to reloading a revolver makes it even harder. And then he, he just starts throwing shots off into the desert. That I got and it's just so like you only mad. got six rounds, my dude, before you gotta reload. Like, 
you got to make these ones count. Because unlike if you have a Glock or something, you have anywhere between 9 to 16 rounds. And yep. then you have an extra mag. So now you've got 32 rounds of possibility very, very quickly compared to your six that you really got to make count. He flails shooting that. And I'm like, man, I'm that like, is you're not... Ex- cop slash detective yeah damn it man why are you doing this yeah and it's the classic always check the back seat always i mean urban legend taught us that 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 one sticks with me because i was really young when i saw it went oh if i get in the car at night you check the back seat to make sure there's not an axe wielder back there (laughs) i don't know why i got this thing the other night watching i was flipping through like tubi and stuff like that looking at these like movies that came out in the 2000s and it was like urban legend and then like valentine oh, uh, yeah all uh, of those early 2000s had all the sexy people yeah being in i was movies now i just had this like like i kind of want to rewatch these for some reason <laughs> yeah like i like... know they suck <laughs> but, but now I you kind of look at it with the the, the adult lens yeah. of like well maybe they're they have something in them. Maybe there's something there like, I don't remember. <laughs> obviously, it's been out for a couple of weeks now, but the new Halloween Kills has been out, and I did not enjoy it. But there's one kill in it that is so good. It's like one of the probably one of the best slasher kills in my recent memory. And I'm like, why couldn't this be in a different movie? This is so cool. <laughs> don't you hate it when a shit movie has some of the best kills in it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually one of it. I don't want to say this is a shit movie because it's not. It's just not a movie that I watch for enjoyment. And leading up into the dad sequence, there's so much is happening right as this kill gets ready to go on. And the dad is a distraction for the mutants to kind of come this down on the family the trailer assault that terrible things happen Ter- ter- terrible i was not going there i was going to focus more on the dad because well, to me just, that was impactful that's but frustrating where it's like they split the part where well, they no, they didn't even split the party if they would have split the party there probably would have been better results here um everyone's in panic mode everyone's this in is... panic mode and it's very realistic to where yes if you're hearing your husband scream being burned alive you're going to be focusing on that and yeah. it's just the chaos of it all ensues and you're not prepared. Um, it's after the trailer sequence is where the movie, I think finally starts to become less frustrating for me. Cause that's what leads into our final act. It does. And so I think what we should do is go to commercial first and then we can kind of lead into that section. Yeah, we can do that. We'll be back following these messages. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. 
Horrors, a comedy podcast that seeks to rank the best 100 horror films of all time as dictated to us by a poster that one of us owns. Every week we bicker over another film in an attempt to give it an overall scare factor and secure its place in the 100 horrors list. With features such as... And... We take a light-hearted approach to horror cinema so that it can be enjoyed by even the most squeamish of listeners. So whether you're the person who's never seen a horror film in their life or the person who has a tattoo of Leatherface on the right arse cheek, there's something to be enjoyed in every episode of 100 Horrors! <laughs> Welcome back. I'll tell you right now, my boy Duke would not allow the events of Hills Have Eyes to happen. All of G.I. Joe would have came in and kicked some ass. I don't know why I felt I had to put that commercial in here. Other than it's Hills, Hills Have Eyes, and it is November, so we're barreling towards Christmas. Yeah, this is and yeah. Now we need to get our. You got to <laughs> get episode in November is going to be toy propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like getting the Sears catalog. You know when because the, they always send yeah. it early. I, I want this one, and I want the this one. Book. Um, if they can, if I can get the Ecto one, that'd be really cool because then I could put my Ninja yeah. Turtle in it. And I don't know why I felt that commercial for this type of episode because this is such a somber episode to do (laughs) and i throw a freaking hills retail toy commercial in so yeah that happened you're welcome (laughs) little levity (laughs) in between the heaviness of this episode yes Uh, it's super heavy um so because the trailer scene happens, a baby gets kidnapped, like yep. father, like son. The son just wastes ammo as the target is moving away and doing serpentine. Um, yeah, but they're carrying the baby, so the part of me is like, just don't shoot. I know, don't. right? It's like, just don't do that. I know that I am not John McClane. Like, I know mm. that if I'm going to shoot at something... It has to be perfectly still within five feet away from me with a pistol. And, I, you know, I will hit it, you know, or 10 feet, 15, whatever it is at the shooting range where I just I go where I feel comfortable. Right. Nate likes to go and he does like the whole Danny Glover thing. He pulls out his revolver. He kind of cracks his neck around a little bit. He aims carefully, then shoots. Yes. You know, and in a real life scenario, I need it to be just like that. And the perpetrator is not allowed to fire back at me, and oh, yeah. they have to stand still. 
There's, you know, and facing me. And sideways. they also have to be painted like blue, red, yellow. They, ha- they it's it's a very strange ritual that has to be done. <laughs> um, but if you give me a shotgun, you're all in big, big trouble now. <laughs> Everyone, even if you're on his side. Yeah. So. <laughs> So much collateral damage. They should have been packing his shotguns, what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. And then, again, we get Which into this. we do this... get one involved later. Yeah. We do get this back into the realism that they easily could have, like, glossed over a lot of what happens between now to where the, the sun goes running after the mutants. Now they're like having to deal with the dead bodies that are left and carry them out of the trailer and put them in the dealing with car. This the the aftermath, brutal aftermath of everything. And there's even like there's still tents and like they shoot at the door when it's closed because they hear it outside rustling. Yeah, they almost kill their dog. Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. In that moment, if I can't see on the other side and I know all my people are with me. Yeah, I'll I'll put a couple bullets through that door real quick cuz eh, why not? <laughs> yeah. I I I everything they do is believable to that's what I believe someone that's in panic mode because and we're so used to movies catering us to people kind of have like an instant solution or like yeah. They perfectly like uh I don't know, solve what's going on around them. They have you know? a plan. They know yeah, the next it gets step. executed, but it, you know, there's yeah. always one thing that kind of messes up the plan. Where like this movie, in your head, you're like, "Oh, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do." But it's like, ah, if you're in this moment, you're not. You don't stand. Th- this a is chance. You're this blindsided. is what you. This is what you believe they actually would do because you have the the son-in-law who wasn't a Boy Scout. He has no survival instincts whatsoever. But he is the most level-headed of the thing. Like, the young son, when I say young son, we're talking, I think, what, 15, probably? 16, he's probably Anthony's age, I think. He's probably right around there. And he's just in panic mode. His dad's dead. His mom's dead. You know, everything's happening. His sister's dead. um, The older sister. And he's just, he wants to just run out into the night firing the gun. He's just in that, that state of panic. The younger daughter is basically in like panic damn near catatonic but she also drops into these fits as the movie goes and we've glazed past it but if you've seen the movie you know why she is that way and she continues that and that to me that's where the stress starts really getting to me is you're so frustrated that they need to just stop for a second and focus and they can't so much is happening and that the mutants are using this to their advantage this ain't the first time they've done this you know we also get to see the crater that have i don't know 50 60 vehicles stashed from all of their other victims that the son-in-law run into when he was walking the opposite i mean he was just collecting that. trash every time he was walking around well he saw some cool i would have picked up a nice I mean, yeah you find some pole. shiny stuff you're gonna be like cool <laughs> uh, let me take that back put charlie in this situation i'm driving one of those vehicles back okay you're not there gonna was, care about the rims 
Oh, there's enough vehicles there. I could have made a You're vehicle. You're going to MacGyver it. <laughs> to drive back. That big ass GMC pickup truck, old school. I'm sitting there going, I guarantee I can suck gas out of 90% of these vehicles. Pour it into that Clean one. Clean the and carburetor can, out, and you're good to go. I don't have to worry about any done. computers in any of these vehicles. And you're like, Charlie, why specifically that one? Well, it's because, guess what? I have a trailer that I can now put everyone in. I can put the RV onto that truck, and I'm the hero of the day. Nope, this dumbass walks back with a fishing pole and to- a stuffed animal that had been out in the elements for years. I'm going to give this to my kid. Cause I'm a good dad. <laughs> and I was just that guy frustrated me. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna I'm actually so... build the uh, uh, the death coaster from Army of Darkness <laughs> yeah. as well, you know, and have that propeller going around. You're like, well, we're gonna drive through Nuketown hey. on that Call of Duty map real quick. There might have been a Delta 88 out in that wasteland <laughs> of vehicles. I'd have grabbed that Oldsmobile too. Delta 88 is going to outlive all of us. It is, man. It really is. If I could get my hands on a Delta 88 just to park, not on the curb, but in my actual yard. Mm. And I live in the city, and I know that would be very frowned upon, but I want it. The sad part (laughs) is there was a point where you could probably get that car for next to nothing. But now that people, there's like a small fandom around it, it's like, you can't get a Delta 88 for cheap now. It's like no. trying to get a Christine. It would be you know, a pure Plymouth luck. Fury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, in the 80s and 90s, we probably could have got a hold of these things pretty cheap. Now, no. But no, so I, that was my frustration just to put a little bit of levity back into this episode. So the they find a radio that was left behind, and they figure out that the, the, the girl – the the baby uh Catherine is still alive and now the mutants are taunting them that they have the baby yes you know because of thankfully we have walkie-talkie technology you know we have walkie-talkie technology and my get so what happens and it's kind of weird is there was one mutant left to watch him his name was goggles and he is like after everything happens he you know you kind of think he's going to be the one that takes them the rest of the way out one of their dogs destroys this mutant oh it's such satisfying this is a good dog all right and i don't care horror movie action comedy dogs should have immunity to everything yeah so there's were there were two dogs in this so that's another part that they really there's no one safe in this movie, period. They kill a dog. They do everything. But the I think it's Beast is the one that's left at the end. Beast rips Goggles' throat out, which is how they get if the walkie-talkie. We walkie get to see talk. some good flesh being torn. Oh, it was good. Good blood spurts, jugular action. Um, So the, the son-in-law now decides, I got to go get my kid. Okay, cool. I'm with you. That's probably what I would do, too. You know, I don't know if I would have left the other two at the trailer, though. That's that's where it gets really hard of like, well, what do you do? Because you. Do you bring both of them with you? Like, do you stay behind the trailer and wait, play defense or do you play offense? I believe offense was the correct play because you don't know what they're going to do with the kid. 
Um, but I don't think I would have left the the teenagers behind. I would have taken them with me, or I would have sent them back towards the gas station. You know, it. You, there, there's no right answer, but leaving them alone was not, in my opinion, the the, the call I would have, I would have played That's at all. Totally fair. Yeah. Not but, to mention, he walks towards the zombie camp with a baseball bat, a radio, and a dog. Hey, man, he's playing Fallout 76 or Fallout 3 on yeah. survival mode. I, I don't know. I put myself in the situation, and it's just like, I think I would have found something better than a bat. Or <laughs> the bat would have looked like Lucille. Okay. You know, he would just, have had like a tire iron or something like that. I would have had additional things with me. Yeah, I like, would have had the tire iron strapped to my back. That way I could throw it like a frisbee when needed. Because if anyone gets hit, even like with a tire iron, like just slightly thrown, yeah. they're gonna at least gonna wince a little. I mean, if it's one of those the the four cross ones, I'm throwing that thing like the glaive. From I'm taking Crawl. a hubcap off and I'm turning into a Captain America shield for myself. Yeah, no, I would have went better armed. <laughs> That's, you know, I can figure stuff out, uh, but this guy obviously isn't. And so he goes out to get his daughter back. Now's when the movie picks up for me and I am in a thousand percent because he goes stealth mode video game style. He now is infiltrating this little like town of mutants. And we see that there's a lot of them. There's, you know, mama mutant, there's daddy mutant, there's uncle mutant, there's big head mutant. Um, it's this cavalcade of people that somehow they still get divorce court on the TV. I love that. I love I that they still get <laughs> some kind of reception. They're in the they're... middle of nowhere. And they're doing oh. exactly what I did when there was nothing on TV at four in the afternoon. And it's a rainy day, so you couldn't go outside. And you just, you know, you watch you're kind of just court. stuck and you're just watching Divorce Court. Yeah. They have a little, uh, in you know, motor-powered generator. So they have power. I mean, they... They're surviving. That's that's what they do. You know, they it kind of alludes that they live in uh, the tunnels, but the tunnels just how they get around the desert. Um, they actually live in houses. They they're you know run down. Yeah, and but it's beat the, the Call shit. of Duty map, Nuketown. It is. Um, he see he finds his daughter in one of the rooms. He successfully sneaks in and gets a hold of her so there's like this moment of a damn he's actually going to pull this off he's he's quick he's quiet and he messes up he gets too confident and gets taken out by mama mutant just knocks him flat out and then a part that terrifies the crap out of me man like i hate this this part. part of waking up in a claustrophobic container yeah. and it is filled with bloody parts. Yeah. His reaction. It's what I would have done. Done hundred percent. Beat the hell out of the top until something happens. Basically. I'm, I'm claustrophobic. I, I am, man. I cannot 
go into tight spaces. I can't wear something that's too tight. I literally panic. Like I can't, I won't be able to get out. Even though once you calm down, you're like, oh, uh, you can cut yourself out. Or it's just, hard to calm down though when you're in panic you know, mode. And it's like I've said, roller coasters. I've said it before. You know, Descent is probably the only movie that actually does scare me, and it's only one spot, and it's the claustrophobic scene. Um, but no, this guy panicking in here. I even though look at it and go, I'd have got through that top in like two kicks. You know, <laughs> it does take. They drag it out, and I'm like, I'd have been, I'd have stood up, and I'd have been out of that look, top. This movie pads out a lot of scenes it for does. unnecessary moments, uh, long shots of deserts. It pads out stuff like how I will pad out an episode, so I mm-hmm. beat you to that joke. Um, Thank you, appreciate that. It's unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> it is well and it it, it kind of is like right after he gets out it, it it now drags out where he sees the one with the the messed up head and he's creeping around and then he has a conversation with the guy that's the fresh uh, i'm gonna say that word a lot so take a shot every time yeah, um, frustrating he's having like a full-blown conversation like as if he thinks he can reason with them or i guess barter with them it's like dude nah like at this point you already know you're in a tiny village of you know fake homes yeah you just start gonna, you knock that guy out you get you dispose of him go to the they're next gonna home. eat you go to they're the next gonna, one they're gonna eat you and i get the whole thing of tell me where my daughter is so i that obviously is the first thing you do yeah tell me where my daughter once is. that person is not going to negotiate with you I would have took that baseball Done bat for. across his head and either exploded it or oh, knocked the way his head, head off. Is dangling yeah. over the chair. Oh I'd yeah, have, that would have instantly been a, a skull I'd crack have, in I'd there. Guillotine, right? I'd have guillotined him. But we do get the awesome fight. We, we get, get a fast and brutal fight, dude. Him and Sloth from Goonies go at it, <laughs> and. Hey, you mutants! <laughs> and this guy, I mean, it's fantastic, like, prosthetics. Pros- they The mutants look fantastic in this. And oh, like lizard and this guy. The, the setting head. inside the house, how run down it feels. It feels like it's been lived in for years oh, and years and years. It's and in collected a desert. everything. But it's also in a desert, so it's dirty and yeah. dusty and grimy but it allows for so much destruction they're busting through walls they're slamming each other or it's this mutant and it's dummy walls so it's it's like everything's dummy dummy stairs and stuff so like it's easy for it all to break and like it just makes it so much more violent as we have uh pyro fighting this mutant sloth or pyro who's pyro that's the guy. That's the guy that played Pyro in like the first couple X Men movies. What? Yeah, the the guy getting his kid, Doug. Yeah, Aaron, Doug uh, is Pyro. Aaron Stanford. That's Pyro. That's a guy I wish would show up in more things. I had no idea, man. Yeah, Pretty I did. Cool. <laughs> I did read that 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 the Doug character looks a lot like Alexander Aja, the director, like. Oh, really? Yeah, they said that it was very much almost that you were watching 
Aja in the movie. And for those of you that may think that name's familiar, it is. We have covered one of his movies we already have. on the podcast. waiting for when we were going to bring it up. Well, we just jumped into way. This is how these last few movies we've done. It's not so much we're talking through the movie. We're just talking to about how it affected us and what we felt as we watched, you know, like with Sleepy Hollow and Underworld and all these type of movies of just this feeling that we get as we watch them. And, you know, like High Tension is a very gritty, wild movie to watch. When you watch it. And then you knew that he did this. It makes total sense. Oh, it fits. It's the only guy for the job. It's one of the reasons why I liked one of his more recent movies so much was Crawl with the alligators in Florida. Gush about Crawl. Oh, uh, I went to Jackie and I went to the theater because we love. Oh, same. Love creature feature type things like that. You know, nature gone it's awry. It's very rare that I would go to the theater for something like that, but like yeah, that well, one I was sold on instantly. I was like, if it was good enough to go to the theater, we went, and God, I enjoyed the hell out of that one. And it, it is so weird that this guy has made movies that I, I, I thoroughly love High Tension, and I talk about that movie to people that are like, I need a movie I've never heard of, and I want, I'm like, High Tension. Most people have never heard of it or seen it, yet he also made a movie that literally I I don't want to say disgusted, but it's really the only word it that struck just, a nerve with you. It did it, unnerving. I that comes back to that whole thing of, you know, what they even say this gut wrenching movie, and this is one of the few that did it to me. Um, till the end. Now the end, I'm all here for. So they have a knockdown, drag out fight with the big baddie mutant, and. He, he overcomes him and stabs him in the foot and then stabs him through the head with an American flag. I'm like, it's just <laughs> like, wow, this is crazy. And the one he, thing that I, I have an annoyance with this fight scene is it does that thing where uh, it slows the speed of the shot down mm -hmm. at one point, And it's just like, don't do that in horror. Like keep like, the fast paced energy going because now you've, you've got the adrenaline going. Yeah. I don't like it slow. Um, especially whenever like he kills the guy outside, that's like walking around. Uh, that's the thing. Like you, you, you get one of the most satisfying axe kills ever. Oh, it's one and of my And then favorites. you get another satisfying axe kill. Like they're just back to back. <laughs> they're back to back. And my favorite is when he flips the axe around in his hand oh. and it's a it's a pick so it's yep. a, it's like a fireman's axe so it has the broad head but then the sharp point at the other end he flips that axe around in his hand and draws just drives that point into that guy's eyeball just so ugh, good. it's yeah. so satisfying um, it is it is my it's if I could only watch that, I would, this would be my favorite movie ever. If it was only the That's end why in of my this head, movie. The, the last act of the movie was just like, axe to the head, pickaxe to the head, axe to the head. Like, I really thought it was just like, there's 30 mutants lined up, and he's just yeah. like, da 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 When that wasn't happening, I'm like, oh, all right, this is more realistic, but I... But, man, at least they, they get you going. They get you hyped up. Yeah. Uh, and then our dog gets his second kill. That oh, doesn't dog, happen often. Man. No, this dog is badass. I love the dog. 
So the dog is a weapon, and it's fantastic. And also, while all this is going on, Ruby has taken the baby. She has taken Just pity the on child in this movie the, that we have the, the failed girl. to mention. But uh, I mentioned Ruby with the the gas less, attendant. Oh, that's true. She's definitely less annoying than Bob. Oh, she is a thousand percent less. Bob, I would have just been like, feed him to the mutants. Yeah, Bob, totally like if we that. would have went on vacation. Are we there yet, Doug? And we took a car ride, and then we crashed. We went into the desert, and there was mutants. I would have sent Bob back to the gas station. I would have, yeah, I would have left him at the gas station also. Like, kept on going, still got into the wreck and everything. And be like, oh, I had no. a home, we had a home alone that. At home alone his ass. <laughs> Bob! Damn it, we left Bob and everyone else is like, uh, yeah, we just didn't want to say anything. Like yeah, they all we knew really we wanna... left him. <laughs> Remake Home Alone with Bob. <laughs> and the oh. wet bandits don't even want to break into the house. No, they're like, no, we heard we'll that. We'll just kid. pick we another one in the neighborhood. <laughs> there was like so many. Just pick them. No one else was home. Um You're yeah, all so... a bunch of filthy animals. God, I hate Bob. <laughs> so Ruby takes off into the desert with the baby. Lizard is following close behind. And that's when Doug sees all this going on. So it turns into this big chase into the, the desert. Um, now, if a cannibal is chasing you, like right now in the shop, what's your first instinct? I have shop axe. I'll, all right. Yep. You instantly win. I'll, I also have shop sword shop gun uh don't attack me in my home base that's well, all that there. campbell breaks in he lost yeah right. i was just I'm, something i was curious about when writing when we're watching the movie i was like, I'm gonna write this down i'm the new cannibal <laughs> <laughs> look at me i the yeah. cannibal now i'm the cannibal now no do not come to where i live to think you can like don't send clown telegrams to me you know so <laughs> They won't find the body. Um, all this is happening. There's one particular reason I want to even touch on this. So the, the teenagers have fortified the the trailer with fishing line and propane. Now, the propane tanks was kind of a cool idea. They had a oh, plan yeah. to trap uh, a mutant. What they didn't know is uh, Papa Jupiter, the main mutant guy, not even a mutant, he's just the the leader is drawing on them and he runs into the trailer they rig it up where he's chasing them uh because he takes the body of the mom or daughter and is eating it yeah and like what i love about it too is i i feel like like you said no one's safe so it's like ah like we're about to have another member of the family bite it yeah you know yeah and not to mention no one's safe like they came back for the dead body and yeah and it's like clearly they they're nothing's off limits nothing's off limits so papa jupiter chases after the boy and they have set up this trap inside the uh, trailer so they get themselves in the trailer they trap papa jupiter's hand as he's reaching through the window when he grabs them ties it to the trailer they then set up matches across the sliding screen door, turn all the gas propane things on and the thing. And I was appreciative 
Most places that do that in the movies just open up the valve. That doesn't do anything. They're safety features. Yeah. They actually have the hoses cut. Yeah, they bust the lines to make sure that you're actually going to fill this small space with gas. And I love all that. And so Papa Jupiter gets his hands free. He rips the door open, which lights the matches. Now you're like, well, Charlie, you said there's a really good reason you're bringing this up. And this just sounds like another kill. It's because it was so long ago that I watched this movie. I'm watching it, and I see Papa Jupiter, and I go, holy shit! It's Billy Drago from Delta Force 2. What? It's Billy Drago. Are you... I am not. He's got the long... Billy Drago was in this movie, and I didn't realize it? long hair he's definitely older but that's imdb it as i double checked myself and i was like holy shit it's billy drago like the dude that has fought chuck norris in like three or four movies is the most slimy creepy bad guy and he's a mutant that's in the movie for like five minutes and i was just ecstatic going oh it's my favorite now as i look at him like i see it but he is so dirty looking yeah holy crap my mind is blown right now that that is billy drago when he when his face pops through the window when he grabs the the girl and the son you know wrenches her away and he ties the hand you see his face and i was like like i immediately i was like no that's billy and i look it up on imdb and i was like that is billy drago dude i was so happy (laughs) he should have been the main villain (laughs) he should have been the one negotiating he should have been the one doing karate I was so good. No, <laughs> I like the guy that played Lizard in this. Lizard is such a... Oh, no, he's great. But now that I know that we have a mutant that knows martial arts, uh, the movie's yeah. completely changed in my we, head. We have a mutant that, that... That mutant's one degree away from Chuck Norris, man. Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Everyone in the movie is one degree away from Chuck Norris. That's how that works, man. That, that's awesome. So, yeah, the, so the Papa Jupiter blows up with the, the, the trailer. The kids kind of get away, start walking away. Uh, Doug fights Lizard. Uh, gets It's a brutal fight. Like, Lizard has, like, the tire spikes. He wears, like, a bandolier, and he's just slicing at him, yeah. swinging it around his head. Um, Doug got a shotgun from one of the mutants. He's not good with weapons, so obviously that usually sounds like a shorter fight, and it's not. It gets <laughs> drug out. He shoots Lizard in the chest, and immediately I go, double tap, Dub- double tap, double. No, he walks over, kicks the body, and drops the shotgun next to Lizard's It's body. so frustrating when anyone doesn't do so double tap. Like, do double tap. He walks over, takes the baby from Ruby. Lizard comes back up, grabs the shotgun, racks around, and Ruby has to jump in the way of the shot. And they're over a ravine. They they're next to a ravine. Off a cliff or, yeah, ravine's a and, better way to put it. Um, the shotgun goes off but doesn't hit anyone, and Ruby and Lizard die. They, they crash at the bottom of the ravine, splatter. 
and movie ends. Yep. You know, they, they get reunited with the, the, the teenagers. They all cry, hug each other, and that's it. And we have the twist reveal, I guess, or the, the final shot of someone watching them through someone binoculars. Someone watching them through binoculars far away. Um, yeah. So do they or don't they make it? Um, I don't know. Oh, I think my oh, something that really uh, like it, especially this time watching it. This I got so upset that I don't think, yes, Brenda blows up Billy Drago. But I wanted one more like I want her to have a personal kill um, because of the horrific acts that she deals with in this movie. Yeah, and it's just like I wish she should have she could have gotten one pickaxe to the head kill or something, you know. I I think they just wanted to keep it where she was not in a mental state yeah. capacity it, it, it's to just, do that. To me, that, that would have been such a a satisfying arc for that character to. And we want that because through. of our normal horror movies. Like yeah, the, it's just the, like the, I wanted her to get some fi- sort of revenge. That final girl kill. Yeah. Type thing. That's what this movie does so well is it's not following any rules to horror movies. There is no, like, you don't, you never know who's going to survive. You don't know if Doug's going to make it at the end. You don't know if any, you know, the two kids are going to make it. They kill off people indiscriminately in this, in horrific ways. This, even though this particular one was not made by Wes Craven, it shows how much of a genius Wes Craven was with the original yeah. and be able to set this up years later. I, I think it honors it well. And I mean, Wes Craven what gave thumbs up to yeah. this movie. Well, that, like, it's one of those like, rare yeah. remakes where you get all the approval from the originals. Um, and I said it on our Hellraiser live stream of like, oh, this Hellraiser is for the next generation of Hellraiser fans. Yeah. This Hills Have Eyes is for like the next generation of horror people like me being in high school like and seeing this it's like oh like what's the next extreme horror movie you know like i had not seen the original until after seeing this one and then Mm. going and hunting it down you know this is also like right when we were starting to get into the more intense horror movies like hostile you know things that were just saw and i want to say graphic and it was just after this one was a success, they remade uh, Last House on the Left. Yeah, another um, Wes Craven. Which I absolutely hate the the Wes Craven one. Like, I don't think it's a good movie. It's That is Nate's hot, controversial hot take on horror. Not a fan of the original Last House on the Left. I think the remake is great. Maybe next November when I'm having another, like, mental health breakdown, we'll just, I'll be like, all right, let's do the Last House on the Left remake. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, I mean, that. we'll just see what happens next year in October. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's do our rain and bloods. think through this number when i looked it up but i watched through one of the carnage videos and i was like that's legit there's 17 people that die in this movie is there really i thought it might have been like nine at the most uh 
I think it's because you forget about the people that die at the beginning that I'm pretty sure there's like three or four scientists yeah. that bite it. And, you know, then you have one, two, three family members and then numerous mutants that bite yeah. it in this thing. I mean, Hot, way higher than I recall. I, I legit thought it was like nine or ten. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's seventeen people die in this. Uh, you know, the, the the gas station attendant dies. You know, it just there's a lot, um, but there's only few that are memorable. Like really, this is what it really kind of comes down to. So, speaking of that, let's let's pick our favorite of a movie that. <laughs> It's not, not really. Our Some favorite. of these kills are, if anyone says them, uh, they are banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're banished. Yeah, you, you are out. So You'll be shamed go. out. What do you think? Zombie kill of the week. So I gotta go first. I know my favorite one, and I think that's technically the kill of the week. But there is a kill in this movie that's stupid disturbing, and it's part of the sequence we don't talk about in this movie. Um, and it's the older sister. So, yeah. That one's rough. That one? That one sticks with you. Yeah. My favorite, though, is flip the, the axe around to the pointy bit and shove it through the mutant's face. It's a good one. Oh, God, I love that kill. I love that kill. It's the one I remember the most of this entire movie. It's the scene I'm waiting for. <laughs> now it's going to be Billy Drago. But from, you know, as far as kills, I'm like, I want the axe kill. And I get it. And I I am giddy. Yeah. I am. I get that. Like, yeah, in the face. That's that's me on that kill right there. So that's my kill of the week. What about that you? One's yours. Mine's the classic of getting stabbed in the foot, getting the American flag put through the <laughs> back, like sloth. Sloth's yeah, death. Sloth's death is so satisfying. It's everything that you've been waiting for. You finally get Pyro to, you know, get to that next level of what he's wanting to do. Like Yeah. I love it so much. The whole fight scene's great. Yeah. Oh, it, the scene is fantastic because of how long it is. Now, I was trying to, they have names, and I never could really figure out all of the names except for, like, Papa Jupiter and Lizard. But there's one mutant in the IMDb listing called Cyst, and Greg Nicotero played that zombie. The special effects guy. Really now? Greg Nicotero. Yeah, we just talked about him not too long ago. Yeah, we did. Um. And I was like, is Sis the big sloth looking guy or is Sis the guy with the neck brace? I was like, I don't know. They don't show pictures sometimes. It's not like they're TV. talking to each other like, hey, sloth. Hey, Sis. How's your day going? They oh, do, but know. it is it is literally only uh, Papa Jupiter, Goggles, and Lizard are the only ones that they're talking to each other on the radios. That's the only time you hear their names. Um and that's the only way you know who's who. Um, but, yeah, so Greg Nicotero is one of the mutants. I thought that was kind of cool. That's uh, pretty sweet. Special effects guy. All right, man. Um, 
This is probably the most difficult thing about this episode right now is we got to rate this bad boy. So, mm-hmm. machete time. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Woo! I'm in a conundrum with this one, Nate. Oh, I imagine so. I, I, I feel pretty good where I'm at, though. Well, I look at it like this. There's some parameters that other people have come on our show whenever we ask them to rate things that that's how they determine their score. And it's one of those parameters that causes me difficulty because on the surface, if I could only talk about the the final like 15, 20 minutes of this movie, I would recommend it to everyone. It would be super high rated because I love, this is one of my favorite endings of these type of movies. Here's my dilemma. I don't think I can recommend this movie to people. I I really don't. I'd really have to know you and know your taste in movies before I would recommend watching this. Here's how it goes with me. When I'm talking horror movies, I never mention Hills Have Eyes. I never it have. Just, it never gets brought up in the conversation when people ask me what type of horror movies I'm into. And, you know, I yeah. give them the standard list. Like, this one never comes up. Well, yeah, we were it's not one that I'm going to recommend. We were we were going over the schedule with Pete because we're doing these early, as we talked about, because this is we're taking November off and we want to see if he wanted to come in on it. And he goes, I've never seen the remake. And that moment I went, I don't I don't want to recommend you yeah, to watch we're not it. Gonna be like, oh, Pete, go ahead and pop it in. Check it out. Get it from the library. Like, nah, don't do it. No, it. it it's and that's where I have a problem. As I think the movie is fantastically done, it accomplishes everything they set out to do. It they didn't like accidentally make it a revolting movie to me. They did it and they succeeded, and it deserves recognition for that. But I don't want to recommend it to people, which means I shouldn't rec- I shouldn't rank this any higher than like a five. And I think what I'm going to do as far as recommendations go, it's a four or five to recommend. I give it a two. I don't, and he doesn't deserve <laughs> a two. But effects and visceralness and everything else, this is like a seven or eight because that's how much I love the ending of it. So I'm going to split it and I'm going to give it a six. Six machetes. It's fair. Um, I'm right there with you, though. It's six for me as well. Um, a lot of it is, like I said, like the lens of horror of what I've come to appreciate and what I like, there's stuff in here that I do like there is, there's a lot of just unnecessary shots, padding out moments that is not needed. Um, and it's the fact that this movie goes more for just, oh, that offended you. Let's just do another thing that offends you. And let's just do another thing that offends you instead of giving me like, dread or suspense it, it's kind of just like we're here to make you mad and like that type of horror i'm not fully into because i don't like being mad does that make sense it does but i think what i have to do is take it from the lens of it's not so much they're trying to make us mad they're trying to get us to understand why the character is mad so there yeah. has to be a reason for doug to I, go I should phrase it too it's like it's 
this movie doesn't like offend me. Like it takes a lot to make me like be offended. It's Let, let's put it this about way. the feelings that this movie makes me and it's that frustration, you know. We both watched the unrated version um because to get the full effect that is the way to watch this. Um unfortunately Charlie had to buy this again to watch it unrated. <laughs> But it's only a digital copy, which means I can delete it. I'm not going to delete it. This one I'm going to keep. And it's now because now I can realize that I can skip everything I hate and just watch what I love about the movie. Um, But this movie could have gone farther. I will say that. It absolutely could have. um, And I'm kind of surprised it didn't. I, I am too, especially for the being the underrated. The only thing is because they threw $15 million at this, and this was an actual studio backing and not like an indie project. I think they why. had they had to hold it. Because this but came I, out from uh, Fox. Yeah. So, but you know. I think Fox also knew that they had to to touch those those lines, get right up to the edge. Um, but It's yeah. surprising that a big studio was willing to back it. It's Wes Craven. That's yeah, I mean, why. that's honestly it's a Wes Craven it, yeah. story. They knew with Wes Craven's name on it. That's all you had to put on there. And Plus, Aja had, had been this somewhat is what successful. allowed the re-release of the movie that I was able to pick up of the original. Yeah. Because I, whenever they do something like this, it's like, oh, if I haven't seen that or that was hard to come by. Well, now they re-release it. Now you got my money. So that's right, man. Makes you sense. go grab the original with Michael Berryman on the cover. So, yeah, uh, that, that's where we're at, man. So, uh. Trash review time? Trash review. I'm the trash man. I come out, I throw trash all over the all over the ring. And then I start eating garbage. And then I pick up the trash can and I trash the guy on that. Oh, that's gonna be a disaster. I know it probably seems like we trash reviewed this movie a little bit, but I don't think we did. I think we explained I have a where fun we're game at. for you for this this week's in- installment. I like games. I have three titles. Okay. You're only allowed to pick one. Ooh, I like And this. that will be the trash opinion. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Okay. So first up, we have The Scum of Hollywood Has Eyes. Mm. Next, we have Repungent. Ooh. After that follows Alexandra Aja equals walking scum. Wow, that's tough. Um, I feel like I'm selecting for the audience here. Um, repugnant. That's that's the one I want. All right. This comes from UT Guard 14 back in 2013. They say, vile, degenerate schlock that passes for horror these days. The great debate between horror fans, I suppose, will always be, is horror supposed to be scary or is it supposed to be shocking and stomach churning? I favor the former, but this is the latter. First, the original movie did not need to be remade, but I realize that argument is a lost cause and this creativity bereft age for films, particularly horror films. Remakes are and have been a constant for the last decade. They almost always are terrible and, of course, in a pale shade of the original film. But it doesn't matter. Money talks and people keep watching these things, so they keep being made. The favorable reviews for this remake seem to mostly drool over the gross, bloody, rapey shock value of what it was like 
that is what is good horror should be about. Clearly, there are those who feel that way, and as I've stated, I am not one of them. So if you like that sort of thing, check it out and become a little bit worse inside. Otherwise, avoid it like the plague. The movie offers nothing but degradation. Not wrong. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Not wrong. And it, 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 100% right that there's two schools of thought with horror. Is it to scare us or is it to repulse us? Um, take out the unsavory scene in this movie. It's still a gross-ass movie with oh, a yeah, lot of horrific for shock visuals. Um, they don't really go for the scare factor in this. There's no, like, jump scares. There's no, like... Like you said, you, you kind of were looking for like a sense of dread. I think the sense of dread is just the movie itself, the entire movie. You know something's going to happen. You just don't, if you've never seen the original, so take that out of the context, is you know they're being set up. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. You also don't know what's going to happen once Doug gets to the, 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 the town that's the type of dread it is not the one person slinking through the house or in the city with something watching them all the time that type of dread from other scary movies you know like haunted houses there's a very recent conversation going on from this past month of terrifier 2 coming out and Mm -hmm. people getting disgusted in the theater of its limited run people passing out and you're gonna have the reverse effect of people going, oh, you thought Terrifier 2 was gross? Well, you should see blah, blah, blah. That was way grosser. That's how you know you're a real horror fan, is you saw next getting mashed together. Terrifier 2's nothing. And it's just like, there's multiple trains of thought with horror. Like, you have what people now call as elevated horror. That has been a hot button, you know. I'm tickled to death to just have slashers come back. I like everything. Give me the best best of both worlds, basically. Yeah, I can I can watch I mean we've had you know, now it's you know, for us right now it's the spooky season, so so much is coming out, you know. I, I as of this recording I haven't watched the new Halloween yet, but I will. But we've also watched the new Hellraiser. I am probably gonna have to force myself to watch the Terrifier movies, even though Charlie just hates clowns and that's this is true. Of, yeah. Honestly, normally I would watch, I would have already seen these movies, but it's got a clown in it. So that automatically tells Charlie, no, um, it's just my thing. Get off. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just these, there's so much out there. I don't know why people complain so much. It's because everyone has different tastes in movies. Let them enjoy what they want to enjoy. There are people out there that, that enjoy this movie for what it is. I'm sure they don't enjoy what happens in this movie, but as a movie in a whole, they enjoy this movie quite a bit. And it's fine. That's your bag, man. That's what you do. Go for it. But I'm getting tired of the elitism in a lot of things, but a lot of it in the horror movie uh, fandoms. Being in a lot of these groups where it's like, you either like this or you're not a fan, or if you do like this, you're a degenerate piece of shit. personality that I don't like. Just let people like stuff. Yeah, it it just doesn't make any sense. And if someone is late to the party, at least they made it to the party. That's right. They're here. Let's let's 
Let's welcome them. Yeah. Let's go. Instead of like banishing them off, like, nah, we, hey, you found it. Thank we you. We have such sights to show you. You know, that's, <laughs> I'd rather be like that, you know, when the people are like, tell me something good to watch. And it's so many people going, well, if you've never seen this, you go, what are you here for? It's like, oh, you didn't like that movie. I'm not even going it, to. It's stupid, man. Yeah, Nate it makes like me want to. House on the Left original one. So he gets to revoke his horror card. Whatever. These guys on this podcast <laughs> say they hate the Amityville horror. It's a classic. <laughs> Just because it's a classic don't make it good, yeah, people. If you want a good nap for two hours, put it on. But, hey, the difference is if you enjoy the hell out of that movie, then you enjoy the hell out of that movie. I'm not here to tell you not to. So, all right, this was a uh, thanks, Nate, for picking this movie. You're welcome. Let's see what else this month has in store for us. Uh, I'm looking at the list. I think we pick back up. I think yeah. we pick back up. I think this we is, get out of uh, the darkness. This is Yeah, this is like emo Nate just like <laughs> threw this at me, and I was not prepared, and then I had to sit through it alone. I don't know. You got but, scared, had to hold your blankie close to you. I don't I don't get scared in these movies. <laughs> but you had a good no, blankie. I, I start like cheering because i saw billy drago in the movie <laughs> the action guy got like some action in this it was great now all right man well everybody thanks for checking us out these are our canned episodes but thankfully they will still be coming out once a week so we still wanted to make sure you guys wanted you know could still listen to us and hear us so Thank you for checking us out while we take our break. Uh, holidays are screaming towards us right now. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. And then the jolly old fat man's going to come and visit everyone but Nate. Yep. Um, because Nate picked this movie and he's going to be like, Ugh, you disgusting piece of Ew. shit. Um, so, all right. Uh, you know where to find us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Um as of this recording, maybe we've popped up on YouTube with some other reviews. We don't know. We're not going to speculate this far away. Nope, so no clue, but, you know, head over always, to Spotify. Just, you know, click click that button. Yeah, I put up little mini reels, little shorts. They'll be like the previews to the movies that we're doing. So, you know, it's fun seeing the view counts go up on that. They're 30 seconds. It's not going to take a lot of time. Uh, yeah. And please make sure to go check out all the other shows on the give me back my podcast network. Uh, we have, uh, give me back my pro wrestling, good beer, bad movie night, monster movie stomp down. And you know, let's all just, uh, let's just enjoy this November. I'm looking forward to food. That's Thanksgiving's coming up on us. Cannot wait for all the food. I love all food. Put the nope. IV of gravy in me. Deviled eggs and gravy, man. I'm there mm. for it. All right, brother. I'm not padding this episode out. Why don't you get us out of here with a good word? 97% of nationwide coverage, and we get stuck in the 3%. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. question yeah 
you know, they they have a motor running a generator at at the town, right? Yes, that's how they so get the force court. They they obviously know how to keep a motor running, and they have like a ton of cars. Why are they not out there like Mad Maxing it? <laughs> they Mad Max it to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you just wanted to stay there, you could have like little mini Thunderdome di- fights, you know, and they can just go to town on each other. Like that's what you like. If, you're still going to eat the people, but let them fight it out. Yeah, and that's the problem. They were missing a good PR person because then what would happen would be like, look, guys, I got an idea for you. You just need to build a Thunderdome. And you'd be like, well, Charlie, they're eventually going to run out of gas. Oh, no, no, no. They're friends with a gas station attendant. Yeah. And I guarantee gas gas station attendant has a lot of gas containers. Yep. I I think they should have went the Mad Max route. That's that's an opportunity missed. That's where part two should have gone. Definitely. I I, would have enjoyed the movie a lot more for that. 